0: Hi, this is Dr. Baker, Apostle Baker, uh, Jean Baker, who happens to be a doctor in psychology. And I want to welcome you to the Really Telling It Like It Is program. I have my daughter, Jennifer Foster, back with me this week, and we're going to pull more stuff out of her that's in her. We're going to talk about husbands and wives and relationships and um, all of those different kinds of things and the things that are necessary to have balance (laughs) and all Welcome, Jennifer. Tell people a little bit about you if you want to, whatever it is you need to do, and then we'll get to it.
1: Sure. Thank you so much for having me again this week. Uh, Apostle Dr. Mama. (laughs) A little bit about me, Jennifer Foster from Jacksonville, Florida, um, originally from Costa Rica. Um, I am the co-founder of the Fire Ministries International here out of Jacksonville, Florida. We are a prophetic and apostolic uh, ministry that seeks to ignite the fire of the Lord in each and every heart and every nation. We are a bilingual ministry, and I'm also a psalmist and a songwriter and soon to be author.
0: (laughs) And you're also an artist. You did yes,
1: that. and I am a digital artist. I create all of these things. And I also do book covers and flyers and all other stuff. Yeah, you
0: did my book cover. I really like it on the um I'm so good. Smile, laugh, and be happy. I really like that one. So okay, let's start to talk about marriage and relationships with um husbands and and, and uh, wives and all of that and what happens in that relationship now. Um uh, Doug is in ministry, but he's not as active in ministry as you are, right? Right. Okay. So let's look at this. How do you, how does he feel about that? How do you balance this time? How do you work this stuff out so that, um, that he's not neglected. You're not neglected because of what it is that he does. Cause he works on a regular job, mm-hmm. um,
1: and uh
0: you know how 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 you how you how you keep it how you keep it real so let's hear some of that
1: sure uh so from young in our marriage early in our marriage um he understood that we were both called so his mom was an evangelist So he had an understanding of women in ministry, having to sometimes do things outside of the home responsibilities. So he was very supportive. He's always been very supportive. When we met, I was actually a full-time worship leader at a Spanish church, and he was a youth pastor in Indiana. So we met um, via Internet, Internet dating. And as soon as we got married, we went into ministry together as youth pastors. And the way that we would do it at that time before we had children is that we were both working. And then one week I would preach, another week he would preach. Sometimes I would preach two weeks. Sometimes I would preach one week. And then sometimes I would plan the outreaches. Sometimes he would plan the outreaches. So we learned to work as a team from early on. And then later on when our kids came along with our children, uh, began to come along um, he decided that he was going to be the one to work, and then I was going to stay home. And so um, I was asked to work uh, a couple times for a few different companies, but I didn't want to place my children in childcare. I wanted to be the one to raise my children. So when my oldest, who's now 13, was six months old, I quit my job altogether and we just moved into a little tiny studio apartment, (laughs) which was all that we could afford at the time. And then I just began uh, ministering to the youth. uh, And then he began working full time at sales. And over the years, uh, we've just done it that way that he works and I stay home. And then currently what I actually do is that I stay home, I do the ministry here, and then I also homeschool my children and then when i have some free time then i also do the graphics and all the other stuff that i do on the side for business and work and all that
0: okay you say when you have time what does that mean you you plan time out to spend with yes. your husband? And, okay talk talk to us
1: yes so the way that i do it is that i actually schedule my day right now we're having a break from whole school for the summer But because my children are different ages, I have an eight, an 11, and a 13-year-old. I will have one child taking classes on the computer while the other child is doing their work on the tablet. And then I have the third child doing their book work in their bedroom with their history book, whatever book thing. And then while the children are working, then I'm doing um, either housework or I'm doing graphic design work. And then once they're done, Or whenever they need help with something, then I take a break from what I'm doing and I go and help them. And then once one child is done with the computer, I rotate them to different things until they're done with their school. And then in between that, uh, we take lunch, we make meals, I wash clothes, wash dishes. um, I pray, do my devotions and everything else. And then on busy days, like Tuesdays that I do, more online ministry um, then sometimes i'll have them do school very early in the morning or in the evening when i'm done with everything and then when dog gets home then i usually have the dinner done and the clothes and all that ready for him and then uh he'll watch tv spend some time with the children and all that and then when they go to bed then him and i talk and and all that (laughs) so yeah
0: so it's it's uh, it's balanced, right? You, you yes, work, yes. Work balanced.
1: Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Okay. So, uh, talk more about how um, last on la- our last program last week I asked you not to talk to people, but I want you to talk to couples. I mean, you know, uh, you keep talking about when I was younger, baby. You you ain't no age at all. When
1: so. <laughs> I was yeah. in my twenties. <laughs>
0: Lord help me, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm
1: 40 and I'm not ashamed to
0: say it. Well, you shouldn't be because that is a very, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, at, at the uh, Love and Unity thing. I was, um, I, um, Apostle McGee was talking about the uh, restoration of the body and whatever it is. And I forgot that my body was almost 80. And I started dancing like I was still 40. And I think. That's what made it so that it had to lay down when it came home. Because... Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so we won't talk about that 40 being anything. It's just a, it's not even a halfway. Okay. If you get 60 and then it's a halfway to at least 120. All right. So it talk to people about, um, about the balance and, Uh, Sometimes you just, uh, has there ever been a time that you just have to take a break from ministry altogether?
1: Oh, yes. Um, There has been times. Actually, right now, things look very different than what things look like even back in 2017, 18, 19, and even part of 2020. Because back in 2017, I began doing ministry overseas in Pakistan. And that was back before it was ever popular to preach in Pakistan. <laughs> I was preaching in Pakistan via Zoom, via Skype, via WhatsApp, via every type of way. And I was still trying to homeschool my children. And I was going to school all nine. And guess what happened? I flunked my school. And my kids were not able to finish all their schooling either because I was literally so busy and so engrossed in the ministry because the demand was so high and there were so few ministers that were willing to get online and preach to these people in a persecuted country and willing to send money to them and minister to them and pray for their children and and, then literally I was praying for people one-on-one there was one week that I did like 15 or 20 services and my body began to wear out. I began to experience panic attacks because I literally had people calling me saying, we are gonna be beaten, we need to hurry up and we need to shut the meeting down or so-and-so got beaten and they were told that if they ever preach in the name of Jesus again, they're gonna burn down their church and they're gonna kill their whole family. And these were the things that I was having to deal with continually. And the Lord had to teach me to lay it down and to allow him to shepherd those people because I could only take them so far. And the need was so great that in and of myself, my kids were much smaller back then. My my oldest was only like seven or eight, and my baby was three and a half years old, and he he still was not fully potty trained and still having accidents. And I'm over here doing deliverances, sometimes midnight at night because it's 9 a.m. for them there in Pakistan. And so balance was not present in that season. And the Lord had to teach me that I could not be junior Holy Spirit, that I was literally neglecting the ones that He had entrusted me here for the sake of the ones that were over there. And that he had to be the one to shepherd them. And that I could come along as an extension, but that I was never going to be able to replace what he could only do for them. So it was a hard season, but I had to lay it down. I had to lay it down and I stopped doing ministry overseas for almost a whole year. And then I began to do it again slowly, but with very serious and very strong boundaries in place that I would only do ministry from this hour to this hour on this certain days. And that beyond that, you could not be calling me at two and three in the morning, asking me for prayer because we are a completely different time zone and no matter how big the need, I was not going to be able to do that because I had my children to take care of and I couldn't be staying up at all hours of the night, being exhausted and then trying to take care of my family the next day. So there was some guilt involved, but I knew the Lord was saying, you need balance. And um, so I, I did it. And instead of having so many meetings, I began cutting the meetings down to once a week. And then when I felt like I could handle a little more then I went up to twice a week, but I have never again gone to more than that unless it's like, some type of a special event that i'm doing like a three-day conference in the uk or something but it came it came at a hefty price but it was it was a lesson that i had to learn
0: you know it's an interesting thing we talk about religion we talk about the religious works and that was nothing but religion you know, uh, people that that just marvel at. Oh my gosh, I did ten zooms this week. I did these many zooms. I did these many ministries, and I ministered to all of these people. And it works, 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 works. Yes. Well, the things at home and the things that God has really assigned you to is hell, and and, and and ain't even no handbasket. It's just on this way, shoop. You know, is is burning, and it's not with the fire that it's not the fire of the Spirit of God. And what has happened to many people, and I'm seeing it, you know, is like we're moving in ignorance because we, 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 uh, uh, people want to think that they are, uh, that they are the, the answer to all of these things and that they're, they have such this and they have not trained people. See, if you duplicate, if you duplicate yourself. Mm-hmm in the last program, you talked about Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe did something that his daughter and his son were not really ready when he, when he died. Okay, but they could remember some of the things. I mean, I I I, I met them. I knew them, um, you know, briefly. Not 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 like I knew him. And but they were able to step in because they realized this was this this was their heritage and. What happened is they continued to promote what he had done until now they're bringing their ministry. They're bringing this ministry into their own ship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, 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 this is, this is something, but we're not, uh, uh, what's happening with duplication? (coughs) Uh, What is happening Mm. with training up people in the way that they should go. If we are if we are truly the Ascension gifts, the five-fold ministry, however you call it, then we're training people. We're training others to take our place. We're training others to do what we do. We're training others to be able to walk in what it is and we're looking at them and we're rebuking and we're uh, 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 approving and reproving them and, and molding them and doing that according to who they are but what happens many times there's so many and I speak to you ministers out there there's so many of you that are so fearful that if you train somebody that your little bitty revelation only little, your little bitty revelation, your little bitty insight will be taken away from somebody. You say, I I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. You do mind because Mm -hmm. you would be putting more people above. You would be putting more people there. Uh, This morning, the spirit of the Lord revealed something to me that I have to talk to someone about. And um, it's, it's one of those things that We need to start to pray god give these people a listening ear give these people that you have put in my life i prayed god give Jennifer a listening ear to what it is that i have to say to her so that she does not think that it's an attack i know your temperament i know how to talk to you i wouldn't talk to you the same way that i would talk to apostle eddie okay if i had i wouldn't talk to you the same way that i would talk to one of my other daughters kelly I wouldn't talk to you in that same manner. Why is that? Because I know what your temperament is and I know how to get done. Now listen to this. It's not it's not that I it's not me care about hurting your feelings. I, I promise you that. Okay. But it's about learning the people so that you learn who they are and how they truly listen. Yes. See and so-called ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, we got to get rid of this false pride. It is such false pride. You try to correct people and what happens? Well, you just don't understand. I don't like what you said. I don't like how you said it. I don't like this. The correction needs to be there. Yeah. What do you what do you say to people that have parenting? I mean I mean, you know, um, that are working in ministries because no matter what Anyone in your ministry, you have insight and oversight. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you're not doing your part. So I know I said a lot. But anyway, just go for it, baby girl.
1: Yeah, as far as um, helping people to to grow, um, one of the things that the Lord taught me to do during that process where I was doing a lot of things in Pakistan um, is that he taught me to put together curriculum and then I would let them translate it. And so I would send them the curriculum in English and they were responsible for translating it and giving it to the people. So when I began to see that the, all these things were winding down, what I did is that I gather all the materials and I send them the whole thing. And I said, you know what, I'm done. Now it's your responsibility to teach your people And to grow them up spiritually I can only take you so far you are their pastor you're responsible for your flock here's the material that you need I've taught you how to do it week after week after week I held your hand as far as I could I need to take care of my family this is on you now and then make sure you train other people because now you have the material and they did they ran with it they started other schools But I made sure that I didn't just drop them and leave them with nothing. I made sure that I gave them the tools necessary to where they could reproduce it and then continue on with the teaching and that their people continue to grow and mature as they were being discipled. Um, And so I didn't mind because I never felt like they belonged to me. (laughs) They were not mine. They were the Lord's. I was only watching over them for a season but if that would have happened when i was 21 and 22 i would not have been comfortable handing it to somebody else because my identity back then was tied up in that and if i wasn't the one doing it then i felt like i didn't have any value so over the years the lord matured me in that that i was being faithful with the gifts and I was being faithful with the calling, but that part of the faithfulness was helping to teach other people how to walk in their own and how to take my material and do it in their own way. That they didn't have to look and sound like me, that, that my calling was not to make clones of Jennifer Foster. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, cool. Go ahead. Not easy. You know, it's not easy. And I I understand when you grow up without a lot of affirmation that when you begin to flow in the gifts and all these people begin to clap for you and, oh, you are amazing. If your soul is not healed, those things can go to your head. And before you know it, you make your identity in that. And then when your ministry is going through a season that is not growing a lot or you're not getting a lot of invitations or you have babies to take care of and you can't preach as much, guess what? Your world falls apart. And all of a sudden you feel useless and you feel like God doesn't love me. God doesn't care and I'm not called and I'm not anointed. And it's not about that. One of the the most beautiful and life-changing messages that I ever heard was the message of the bride that the bride was beautiful and accepted no matter what season she was in and even in her darkness she was beautiful and even in her immaturity she was beautiful and as she grew and as she developed in her own identity she didn't become more and more accepted she was accepted from the very beginning and that's what allowed her to grow up into mature and to be confident to stand on her own feet without always looking for that Pat on the back or that good job well done or you're so anointed or hallelujah i can't believe that no all of those things become irrelevant when you learn to find your identity in him and then as the seasons of life change then you don't fall apart and you're not going through a crisis continually <laughs> so.
0: you know one of the things i learned very early if you like what i do i'm okay If you don't like what I do, I'm still okay. I don't care. It's not for me to really care whether you thought it was great or you didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I get your applause, great. If I don't get your applause, great. One of my um, mentors, I guess you can call him, uh, many, many years ago, let it be known you know what you do not you do not run after applause and don't read all the things that people are saying about you that's negative if they say it it's okay that's their opinion See? and so what's happened what happens is this many times we identify and this is so sick It's it's brought sickness into the body. Mm We uh, have operated on the same principles as the heathen. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we don't realize something. Operating on the same principles as the heathen, like in Hollywood or New York, on the on the on the Strip or uh, 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 in Las Vegas or wherever it is, they will raise you up, but they will cut you down. They will, and so the same thing is happening in the church. Mm-hmm. People look and they think, okay, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And then they wear themselves out. And then what happens is they're not able to do it so that they become a liar. And they're not taking care of their business. I even talk to you about your finances. I talk to you about your body. Why? Because your body is important and your finances is important. Yeah. And if I'm supposed to be uh, this spiritual, you see, because... What happens is this. I do not believe that there is supposed to be any lack in the body of Messiah. In the body of Christ. No lack at all. But until we get out of self, until we get out of the pretense stage, we're going to have lack. Mm -hmm. See, we're going to have, I mean, people are going to have lack until we get out of there and, and, and see here is one of the things we have sexual perversion because of lack. Another program. We'll talk about that one day. Uh, you know, sexual perversion uh, comes because of lack also, That's right. because there's parts of you that are not complete.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You start to feel yourself. Okay. I want this overweight gluttony. All of these different things come because of lack. We lie to ourselves. All of these different kinds of things happen, and then when God says, "I need you to clean this up," you now and then uh, uh, you don't understand it, you don't know it, and then you're able to do it for a while, and then all of a sudden it just goes away because nothing has happened in that soulless realm. So we have a, another couple of minutes. I want you to talk. I want you to take the time to talk about that and how this gorgeous, loving mother uh works in your life
1: <laughs> how important it is for us to be uh, to be holding to be accountable in every area. Is that what you want me to talk to John? Absolutely. Uh, because even in, in my own body I was dealing with being overweight. And a lot of it is because of COVID. <laughs> we had nothing to do but to eat for the last year and a half and we couldn't go anywhere. But that was out of order because I was so busy doing so many other things that I began neglecting my body, neglecting myself, neglecting my temple because I was running around trying to take care of so many things. And the Lord said, you need to take care of you because if you can't take care of you, you can't take care of anybody else. And I believe as moms, many times we feel guilty because we're supposed to be good mom we're supposed to take care of the kids we're supposed to make the meals we're supposed to do this do that and the kids are wearing the greatest the best they're fed but we are like the cinderella and the lord saying that's not a good representation of my kingdom either guess i don't want my daughters broken i want my daughters whole broken can heal broken And I can't reach out to another woman and bring her to a place of wholeness and help her in any way if I myself am broken. So self-care is part of the kingdom, I believe. And many times we don't talk about it because people feel like it's narcissistic. But it's not. It's not because it's his temple and you want it to be in, in good use. So...
0: We know we're going to talk about this again, but our time is up again. And um, uh, everything that you said, especially about that, that is so true. Next time we come on, we're going to de- we're going to delve into that. I am so honored to have had my daughter, Jennifer Foster, here with me today. And this is Apostle Baker, Jay Baker, who happens to be a doctor in psychology, saying goodbye, and I'll see you next week. Okay, we're, we're- And uh, we'll be here really telling it like it is. Bye-bye. Have a great week.